Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. Okay, we got a shit ton of stuff to be able to go through here. All right, yes, I swear it's on the podcast. I don't give a rat's ass what you think about how I swear or don't swear. Okay, so I'm going to go through here. First, I'm going to explain to our international audience uh, about the how the elections are done and you know the media's false claims about Joe Biden and why they're false claims. All right, because apparently they suddenly forgot once they thought their guy had won, how elections ha- uh, happen, how elections take place in the United States. Now, I know there's some overseas outlets that are looking at this and informing their audiences overseas that, no, there isn't yet a winner in this election. Okay, so we got that. And then we're going to go through and talk about how this crisis was purposely done by the Democrats, you know, uh, leading up to the elections. And then all the crap ton of stuff that has come out since then. Okay. Now, first of all, to the international audience, there is absolutely no such thing as the office of the president-elect. No such thing, right? And the media has zero authority, zero legal ability to declare who the winner of the United States election is, who the president is going to be. They have absolutely no role in this process other than to try and report you know, what, you know, we are finding out or, you know, supposed to be just reporting the facts, but, you know, <laughs> the, the, the American media is as fake as it gets anymore. Okay, so there is absolutely no such thing as the office of the president-elect. And the fact that the Democrats are w- fighting so hard to create the illusion that the election is over, Biden has won, and that he and that his win is unquestionable lets you know just how much they are massively panicking. And if you're paying attention to what's going on, it's following the usual how to handle a scandal playbook that the Democrats run every single time, right? Because in the end, what we'll find out is that they have isolated Joe Biden from this huge scandal, even if he doesn't get into, even as he's not going to get away with it. I don't think he's going to get away with it. And they're setting up some underlings to take the fall for them. They're just trying to stall at this particular point in time with everything that is coming out. All right. Now, how does the election happen? All right. First off, there's only two ways to win the presidency in the United States. One, a candidate secedes, you know, that concedes the election to their opponent. Right. That's one way. The second way is the Electoral College meets in mid-December, as the Constitution says, and they cast the electoral votes for who's going to be president. Now, I know some of you think that just because we voted on November 3rd, that we actually got to vote who the president was, right? Now, this is something that's come, you know, that's changed as uh, in our election since its founding to today. See, according to the constitution, we, the people don't actually get a direct vote on who the president is. You know, actually read the constitution, you know, so what has happened? You know, the state legislature, they're the ones who actually vote on who the president is. November 3rd's election wasn't so much an election, you know, for the presidency. I mean, it's an election for, you know, the House of Representatives and, you know, the state uh, senators to go to D.C., as well as all the local offices. But as far as the presidency goes, it wasn't an actual presidential election. We were just voting on how we want our legislatures. to. We are not a direct democracy. We are a representational republic, right? I wish people would figure that out after 200 and what, 50s, 270 years 
I mean, maybe once we get to about 300 years, people will figure this out. We are a representational republic, all right? So we were just casting our votes, telling our state legislatures how we want them to vote because they're the ones that actually vote on who the president of the United States is going to be, all right? And they do so through the electoral college, all right? Do you understand this? Is this finally clear to you? All right, now most states, they have passed that they're going to abide by however the people in that state vote on how they want the state legislature to vote, okay? So we'll go through with that. Now, we saw what the Democrats were going to try and do a mile away. We saw it because we're not stupid as we took a look at them going around to various key states, you know, key swing states, and trying to get election laws changed through the court. Now, again, for those of you overseas, we got two different types of courts. We got state-level courts and then federal courts. Now, state-level courts have a huge problem in that the judges on these courts are not appointed, and they're not appointed to lifetime appointments on these courts. They're basically politicians who are sitting as judges because they have to run for office. They have to get elected through the election process to their seat on that particular court, and they usually run as Democrats, Republicans, you know, or other. And so you have a Democrat that decides, I want to be a judge. So they run in the election. And if they get enough votes, they get to be a judge on a state level court or on the state Supreme Court, right? So that is a huge problem that I think we need to finally figure out how to address and fix. But how do we fix that nationwide? I don't know. And in these elections, right, it's not one single national election for president. It is 50 individual elections. Every state is holding their own presidential race. And then whoever wins the, uh, the most electoral college, you know, over 50% of the electoral college votes from each of those 50 individual races by winning as many of those as possible, that's how the electoral college works. So they went to a Democrat elected judge and then they tried to change all the rules, but only in very select key swing states. And they tried to use COVID as an excuse. Now, this was a blatantly unconstitutional ruling that came out of these Democrat judges, right? It completely violated and obliterated Article 1, Section 4 of the United States Constitution, which states under no certain terms, you know, that states, you know, with no ambiguity, ambi ah, a little dry throat, having a little problem talking. Sorry about that. Which states basically that the time place and manner and how elections are done are in the sole unquestionable authority of the state legislature. So we knew this was coming and the state legislatures, you know, they did notice there was a problem with this ruling and they tried to take it to the Supreme Court. I, I mean, not the state Supreme Court, but the United States Supreme Court, not the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. You know, so they tried to take it there. But what was the problem there? Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away, leaving the court in a split four to four decision, basically a tie. And there was no tie breaking vote. So basically what they said is, yeah, we can't decide at this moment. So this is going to stand until we have a tiebreaker. Well, now we do have a tiebreaker. It's called Amy Comey Barrett, right? Which is why this is now once again before the Supreme Court. But this is the first time it's before the Supreme Court, you know, uh, since the election and the first time since we now have a tie breaking vote. All right. Now, we knew because of what the Democrats were doing that they were going to engage in so much fraud. And then 
we put everything that they were doing under a microscope. And wouldn't you imagine, you know, wouldn't you imagine that there's absolutely no trust in the election when you have laws that are illegally changed through the court and very select swing states by Democrats through the court, right? And then the election, you know, as far as counting the vote, are staffed almost exclusively in these areas by Democrats where the people counting the votes are wearing masks that say Biden 2020, mask and shirts. They're actually openly supporting in these centers uh, Biden for president and Black Lives Matter. Okay, imagine that. And then imagine that there was absolutely no trust in the election when they illegally ejected any poll watchers from the Republican side in total violation of the law, cheered as on video, cheering on as Republicans were being excluded and illegally blocked from being able to observe the vote. So the vote counting was done by Democrats wearing pro on Joe Biden, you know, and it was only being overseen or the validity of the account was only being monitored by the Democrats. And then we see videos come out of these counters getting pissed off at how people are voting and more videos coming out that show that these poll uh, counters seemingly looking like they're filling out ballots. Could you imagine in a situation where they're changing the rules at the last minute, they're the ones doing all of the counting and they're the only ones able to monitor how the count is going on and we're supposed to just take their words on it why they are blatantly breaking the law for that? All, all in an environment in which there's already zero trust in the Democrats to conduct themselves in a fair or free election. So yeah, and wouldn't you imagine it that in all the areas in which this stuff was taking place, we have found a record number of dead people having voted in this election, a huge number of people who were on the voter rolls voting in this election who no longer even live in the state. You know, and we found that out through ch change of address forms, you know, or people who had voted multiple times, apparently, you know, because they were on the voter rolls for every place that they had moved to throughout the years. Right. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that we find all of that? Isn't it amazing that we have people who are coming forward, who have come forward and have signed sworn affidavits under penalty of perjury about how they were shocked when they showed up to the uh, vote, uh, ah, sorry, I'm getting very excited here, who had showed up to vote in person only to be turned away being informed that they already have them recorded as having voted by mail when they didn't vote by mail. Wouldn't you imagine that? And then those very same people finding out that someone voted in their name by mail were then denied their legal rights under the law to have that mail-in ballot canceled in order for them to cast their votes in person. Amazing. Amazing how that happens. Then we have multiple whistleblowers that have come forward from the U.S. Post Office and how they were fraudulently you know, backdating the postal stamps on mail-in ballots. And then now another postal worker that said uh, that they were told to only forward Biden ballot to and any ballots that they you know, were able to determine was for Trump to toss them out, throw them away, just in the garbage, you know, in order to try and cement the supposed legitimacy of Biden in the election, right? So we got all of this going on. Now, 
With all the evidence that has already been collected, it has launched investigations into this election. Have you noticed, have you just noticed, you know, just one moment here, have you noticed how when we voted, we could count millions of votes within a 24 to 48 hour period, but then everything started coming to a grinding halt, right? Which is another thing. While the Democrats are illegally blocking Republicans from being able to watch, observe the account and oversee the validity of the account and, uh, and only allow Democrats to do that, that's when suddenly there was massive drops of ballots for Joe Biden. Imagine that. So anyways, you know, now it's come to a screeching halt and the, Demo- and the media quick to call states for Joe Biden. States, like, especially like Arizona, when there was only 14% of the votes in, you know, quickly called it for Arizona. You know, all these states quickly called for Joe Biden, but then they dragged their feet to call any states for President Trump, right? Because they were trying to create this illusion that Joe Biden, you know, started off in the lead, kept the lead, and it's no surprise that he somehow won, right? That, that, that's the illusion that they're trying to go through here. So, we got all of this going on, but now there's investigation in Georgia. You know, we were all getting excited about the fact that they had launched a manual by hand recount instead of using these voting machines, which we'll get into the problem with the voting machines here in a moment. Uh, Venezuela, Cuba, China, Clinton Foundation. Uh oh. But, anyways, we'll get into all of that later on. You know, but while they were going to do the uh, count by hand, which should get an accuracy uh, accurate as far as how many ballots were actually casted which way instead of switched in the voting machines. But they also said they're going to do an audit, which presumably is supposed to verify the integrity of the ballot, you know, how many fraudulent votes were cast. And we were all excited. And then they came out and did another news that says, well, really once, you know, if we find out that there is a lot of voter fraud, we're not going to be able to determine which ballots are legitimate and which ballots are illegitimate because there is absolutely nothing on all the ballots that have been mixed together that will be able to separate the legitimate from the illegitimate ones. So Georgia is set up to be a huge clusterfuck no matter what, (laughs) you know, uh, no matter how many fraudulent votes they find. I mean, they might have to just redo the election altogether, altogether, which will severely depress Democrats, right, from turning out you know, as they have, as they realize that their candidate is likely to go to jail anyways. Okay. So we got all of that uh, going on. And so there is still some hope that they'll at least be able to take a look at how many fraudulent ballots have, uh, ballots have come in from dead people, people who no longer live in the state and all of that, and probably end up in just a recount or just go off and, uh, you know, which by law, hey, the Democrats cheated. They engaged in so much fraud. Trump wins by default, right? That, that's, that's another thing. The side got cheating massively, by default automatically loses. So we got that going on. But Georgia is not the only place where there are investigations going on, which is probably why the counting has severely slowed down, right? Because we also got uh, investigations that are being called for in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure whether or not those have officially uh, been open or started, but the legislature is you know, demanding it, and the Republicans are threatening not to certify the election results until we get this full uh, investigation and audit of the votes that were cast, 
We got the same thing going on in Michigan, calling for investigations and full audit or they will refuse to certify the vote. And in Michigan, holy crap, you know, the Democrats went in there, not only went to block poll watchers, but tried to put up, you know, uh, what is it, poster board, cardboards over all the windows so no one could even see what was going on inside their rooms. And then it turns out the poll workers that they hired, you know, uh, and were engaged in obstructing any ability to observe the count illegally in violation of their state laws, were contracted through the same firm in which a mayor who, uh, that a mayor in, the, in Michigan had used, who is now disgraced, having been involved in a huge political scandal, and used this exact same firm for the people involved in that mayor scandal, who is now part of this? I mean, are you kidding me here, right? So we got investigations breaking out all over the place and investigations that have already expanded into Dominion software. Yes, the voting machine. Now, before I move on to that, I do want to say that I do not think they're going to get away with it. I do not think that all of those mail-in ballots that came in after the polls closed on election day will be allowed to be part of the count. Right? They won't be. Why? Because one, I believe that the courts will uphold what the Constitution actually says in plain language. Now, you're going off and going, but what if the courts are corrupt? What if they are every bit as corrupt as we think every other institution is? Well, even under that theory, they'll rule in our favor. Do you really think that the Supreme Court is going to go through, obliterate multiple sections of the Constitution? Overturn, overturn decades of, of court precedent set through prior cases in order to oust President Trump from office just so the Democrats can destroy them through packing the courts? I would believe that even in a corrupt environment, they would have enough of a sense of self-preservation to protect their own institution as to prevent the Democrats from being able to illegally try and steal this election. Now, what also sparked um, the whole investigations is videos that have surfaced showing that these, you know, that the people are conducting the count wearing Biden 2020, you know, objectivity, you know, were seen on video getting visibly frustrated and pissed off at how people were voting and engaging in what appears to be them filling out ballots right there in the counting center. Now, maybe there is some legitimate explanation for that. We don't know. That's why we're going off and trying to investigate that. Now, it's getting so much that uh, Texas, in Texas, uh, the governor there has offered up a $1 million reward for those are for somebody who comes forward and has full evidence of exactly how they got through with this. Now, we already got a lot of evidence, but why not pile on more from an actual insider who was part? of committing the fraud, not people who witnessed the fraud being done, okay? So, I mean, it's just a slight difference in technicality. We got whistleblowers coming forward from the um, post office, but we also got whistleblowers coming forward from the software company that was used in the voting machine. Now, as we take a look, we can see all the panic on the left. For instance, the a post office whistleblower, right? They tried to come back and say, oh, no, the post office whistleblower recanted. And they tried to do that because they had a federal agent go through and 
you know, question this whistleblower. And what happened? The whistleblower was denied their legal right, and the federal agents refused to follow the law and let that whistleblower speak to their lawyer. The federal agent was threatening in order to coerce the whistleblower to sign a statement to water down their claims and all of that. But what was the problem? What was the problem with all that? Once again, the left engaging in their usual patterns of deceit or usual corruption playbook, they did exactly what we knew they were going to do. And that whistleblower that they're trying to say recanted their statement was actually wearing a wire when that federal agent was illegally engaged in questioning while refusing to allow him his right to legal counsel. And we caught all the threats and coercion that was going on. And then now it's all released in public. And so people are going off and going, wait a minute, they're tampering with whistleblowers already. All right. So, you know, we can see the total meltdown and panic that is going on. Now, of course, we know the usual how the media handles, you know, the Democrat scandals. First, deny anything whatsoever. First, deny that there is any credibility to any claims of wrongdoing. Then you start shifting the narrative. Okay, maybe there was a little wrongdoing, but it was on a very minute scale. You know, nothing to really see here. You know, it could be attributed to just human error. You know, nothing nefarious. And then you'll continue to see the narrative shift and shift until they realize that they can't cover this up anymore. It's hit mass scale. And the reason why they're going through this is because they are trying to stall as they try to find a way to insulate uh, Joe Biden from the scandal and top Democrat leadership and set up underlings to take the fall. Now, there's also uh, talks here about Trump's legal strategy. See, Trump is already winning his cases in the courts. And the Democrats, they're trying to dismiss that. Oh, that's small. That's only, that's only going to amount to a few thousand ballots here. You know, maybe like two, 3,000 ballots, but that's not, you know, a whole lot. That's not going to have any material change on the election. Well, actually, Trump's strategy is pretty smart. He's not trying to go for the whole enchilada at once, right? Because trying to go for the whole enchilada at once is a pretty tough hurdle, even with all the evidence of fraud, right? Because you not only got to prove fraud, but you got to prove it had a material difference. And so with elections being so razor thin, what he wants to do is chip at, little by little, the legitimacy of all the illegal ballots, right? So let's say you got a situation in which there are, you know, a 12,000 vote difference, right? 12,000 votes, all right? That's already razor thin margin. We're talking about 0.3 tenths of a percent difference in how the vote went. So what do you do? You chip away at the votes even more because you only got to turn, overturn 51% of those votes in order to come out on top, right? So if it's 12,000 votes, uh, let's say it's 12,000 even, then you just got to be able to chip away until you come at 6,001 of those votes. Okay, so when we go through, we see that Trump has already gotten some ballots tossed out. What does that mean? That cut down on the claim of how big Biden's lead is. And as they continue getting illegal votes tossed out, right? And the margins become that are already razor thin become thinner, thinner, and thinner. After that, that's when he's going to present all the evidence of election fraud. Why? Because as he tosses out, uh, gets illegal ballots tossed out 
and an already razor-thin margin, well, then as that razor-thin margin becomes even thinner, that then after that, every instance of voter fraud has a much bigger material impact on the election. You know, so for instance, let's say there was 10,000 uh, fraudulent ballots cast in one state, 10,000 dead people, you know, was found, certified 10,000 dead people died in the state. Now, if the lead was 150,000 votes, right? Getting 10,000 is you know, thrown out still leaves a 140,000 vote you know, different and has zero material impact on the election. But now let's say you have you know, a 20,000 vote, right? And now you have you know, 5,000, you know, 3,000 votes tossed out as illegal you know, because they matched any uh, identity verification or came in after the polls closed, you know, so now you get 3,000 of them tossed out, right? Maybe 5,000, depends on how many. But let's say you get, let, let's say on the higher side, 5,000 uh, votes are tossed out. Well, now that lead is down to 15,000, right? But now you find 10,000 votes cast by people who are dead. Well, then that tosses out another 10,000. Now the lead is only down to 5,000. Now let's say you find, you know, a thousand plus people who no longer live in the state who casted ballots in this election. Well, now you start seeing we have a very material impact on the election through election fraud. And uh, that which is going to spark a full recount, full investigation, full audit to determine what the actual true legitimate votes are. It's not every vote counts. It's every legal vote counts. Every illegal vote does not count. So that is my opinion, what Trump's legal strategy is. Keep chipping away at the votes so, so that the voter fraud that we have uncovered continues to have a bigger, more material impact on the election. But it also allows him more time to gather up even more evidence of all the voter fraud that took place. And there is a lot of people on this outside of the Trump campaign. You know, the entire conservative movement is on this sifting through every instance of possible fraud. And we have hundreds of witnesses to illegal election activity, um, witnessing illegal ballots having been counted and added to the vote, of double counting a lot of votes in many instances. And so we already reached the point where we kind of have a huge material impact on this election. And before I move on, let me point out that the Democrats keep slipping up. They keep slipping up and admitting to a fraudulent election, whether that be former Democrats talking about that are being, you know, appointed to cabinet positions, even though the election hasn't been decided in the past, admitting to voter fraud and that how much they engage in voter fraud. But also the Democrats keep slipping up, whether that be Joe Biden on video talking about how he put together the most extensive voter fraud organization in the history of politics, or Democrats throughout the country slipping up in interviews congratulating Joe Biden on stealing the election. All right, so all of that is coming into play here. And you understand that conservatives are not going to let this go. We caught voter fraud. We caught massive amount of fraud already. And if the state legislatures do not complete a thorough investigation, right? And they go off to install Joe Biden illegitimately into the office of the presidency. 
and we find out conclusively beyond any shadow of a doubt. Now, we don't take to the streets and riot, okay, as conservatives. We don't. However, if we find out that conclusively beyond all shadow of a doubt that Joe Biden, you know, if he manages to succeed in this coup, sits in the White House and is completely fraudulent and illegitimate, and the state, instead of doing a thorough investigation, went along with this, well, then when people uprise because democracy was overthrown in every institution of democracy designed to protect the legitimacy of the election fails, when the people take to the streets and uprise in full exercise of their Second Amendment, all the politicians in the state legislatures that did absolutely nothing to stop the theft of our election they'll kind of be forcibly removed along with Joe Biden. Okay? So I'm just saying that, but we're not quite at that point. I know I've talked about that before, but first we're going to go through all the legal means and and demand uh, that Democrats be prosecuted for the crime. And then we're going to continue to search until we find conclusive, irrefutable evidence. Okay. All right there. Now, time to kind of move along here. So I have uh, what's going to be called part two of how to politically destroy the Democrats once and for all. Okay. So if you remember in part one of this conversation, I talked about all the things that we can do uh, by holding on to the Senate to stop Joe Biden from being able to do anything if he manages to succeed in this coup you know, uh, blocking the Paris Climate Accords and the Iran nuclear deal as treaties needing to be, you know, um, confirmed by the uh, by the Senate, and, which is what our Constitution says, and legally challenging absolutely everything that Joe Biden tries to do through executive orders and regulations as an illegal, unconstitutional usurpation uh, of the Constitution delegating sole lawmaking authority to the legislative branch, to how the states can start enacting laws to ban these platforms from being able to run ads uh, to users inside of that state, should they continue to engage in any type of viewpoint uh, bias or discrimination or censorship, including the use of so-called fact checkers, to destroying all of the institutions that the left you know, needs and relies on in order to try and go through and dominate the elections, cultures, and all of that, all right? But now in part two of how to destroy the Democrats, this is where we get even uh, into even more fun. So here is what I would suggest we do. We should first take a, start taking a look at all the congressional seats in which Democrats hold, right? We should run them as well as any uh, congressional seats in the House of Representatives in which there might be some Republicans that are in trouble, all right? Well, we should do that. Take a look at all of that. Then what we should do is run Republicans in the Democrat primary and have them, dis, you know, disguise themselves as Democrats. So, you know, people should go through and change their uh, voter registration to Democrats. 
right? And even though they're solid, conservative Republicans, but they should go through and change to Democrats so that they can be eligible to run in the Democrat primaries. You know, we're, when Democrats are paying the least amount of attention, you know, where they're not actually taking a look at what's going on, and then maybe we should run, you know, two Republicans. You know, that way in all of these states where, you know, if you have three candidates and whoever just gets the most votes, not 51%, but out of those three candidates, who gets the most votes goes on. And then Republicans across the country should change their registration to Democrats and go in and vote in large, massive numbers for the Republicans running as Democrats, right? I don't think they would really uh, be able to see this coming, you know, especially in the primaries. And we should run uh, also, you know, uh, do the same thing uh, for Senate seats where uh, Democrats who are up for re-election in the state, uh, in the Senate, we should take a look. In fact, we should do this at all levels. Take a look at Democrats who are, you know, uh, running for House, Senate, and state legislatures. And we should run Republicans and all of them registered as Democrats. We should all register as Democrats. And they'll look at this going, wow, look at all the excitement for this election. We're going to win. And then we're going to vote for all the Republicans in the Democrat primaries, right? Think about how great this would be if we pulled this off, right? And we were able to somehow organize this without the Democrats being able to see it coming. And then when we get to the general election, the only choices are conservatives. You know, the only choice the Democrats have for who to vote for in the election will be either a conservative pretending to be a Democrat. And here's what I would say. I'd say we would run two Republicans in each of these uh, primary races. One, as some sort of AOC, you know, because the Democrat primaries are where the biggest lunatics of their party are the only ones involved in. So we should run people, one candidate that acts a lot like AOC, Bernie Sanders, wing of the party, to try and encourage them. So if you have Democrats and Republicans pretending to be Democrats, all voting for a candidate that's actually a Republican, conservative Republican, you know, we can get them through the primaries and into the general election. Seems very plausible. Seems very right that we can do that. And then when we get to the general election, it's an election between two conservatives. Right. And then after we win those elections, we get to the house. We, you know, and basically conservatives would have a supermajority in the house and a supermajority in the Senate. You starting to see the genius of this plan. And then, you know, if Joe Biden is somehow uh, illegitimately allowed to occupy the Oval Office of the White House, well, with supermajorities, we could then go through and basically have all power because we would have a veto-proof majority in both chambers of the legislative branch in which we could go through and ensure to undo absolutely everything that Biden's trying to do through executive orders and the regulatory environment, right? You're starting to see this. And then we can propose changes to the United States Constitution. And if we do this 
at the state levels as well, right? We can ram through the changes to the Constitution that are desperately needed in order to safeguard our society. If you wanted to get rid of abortion, hey, this is a great way to do it. We can make that as a constitutional amendment, as well as uh, putting on term limits for all federal offices in the House, the Senate, uh, the courts, especially like the Supreme Court. You know, we could do all of that and we can cement it and codify it not only in law, but within the Constitution. It would be a complete conservative takeover and cementing of conservative values within the United States to such a degree that the Democrats would never be able to recover. And then we could, you know, appoint all legislative, uh, you know, oversight authority needed to have full access and uh, investigative authority over every agency of the executive branch. And we would be investigating every last square inch of what every agency within the government is doing and uncover who every member of the deep state is and have them removed from the government. I mean, this is a great way to actually destroy the Democrat Party, which is to basically infect them from within and, you know, destroy them from within. And when you think about it, it's kind of like, I guess if I were to put this in uh, pop culture term, did you ever watch the movie The Matrix? I know there's a lot of references to The Matrix, you know, Red Pill and, hey, The Matrix got you, it's the world of illusion and all that. But if you remember, you know, in The Matrix, you know, uh, the second one where Agent Smith was able to get out of the matrix and hide himself within the body of a real life person and take uh, over the consciousness of that person. You know, we're kind of doing the exact same thing. We're escaping the matrix, embedding ourselves within the Democrat party for a complete and total takeover so that we can finally implement and solidify the conservative movement throughout the country, conservative values, and stop all of the assaults on our rights and freedoms and all of that. So, I mean, that's just kind of my views and my thoughts on as we go through part two of how to destroy the Democrat Party, politically destroy them, not violently, but politically. Okay, so now let's go ahead and take a look at what um, if President Trump uh, does, as I believe, succeeds in overturning the results of a fraudulent election, what his second term would look like. Because for Biden to actually get into the White House, he would have to get every court to obliterate multiple sections of the Constitution. He would have to get them to overturn and basically toss out all court precedent related to elections, right? And then get the state legislatures to roll over and play dead, you know, as they are controlled by the Republican Party to not investigate, right? And the idea that the courts are all going to go through and commit mass suicide just to throw out the president of the United States in a stolen election, you know, the fact that they're going to commit mass suicide so that the Democrats can destroy them through packing the courts is very unlikely, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're filled with a whole bunch of idiots, 
But I don't see that happening, you know, tossing out the Constitution, tossing out, you know, all the court precedent in a situation that is already mounting to a huge powder cake. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But let's take a look at what a second Trump administration, a second term of Trump would look like. All right. Now, once all of this mess is cleared up and Trump uh, ends up getting a second term, oh, those tech tyrants are going to pay a heavy price. They're all going to lose their Section 230 protection under the Communication Decency Act. All of that is going to be tossed out. I believe there might be investigations in full federal investigations into these tech companies, you know, to uncover the extent to which they may have been co-conspirators. And, oh man, can you imagine Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey being perp walked, you know, handcuffed, arrested, and put on trial as co-conspirators through their tech companies? Facebook, Facebook completely destroyed, right? Twitter completely destroyed. In fact, they're already destroying themselves. Do you notice how many people are, have abandoned Twitter and Facebook and are now moving over to Parler? In fact, I believe there is also now an alternative uh, to Facebook popping up that is starting to gain a lot of momentum. I'm going to search into that a little bit more, make sure that it will allow free speech and no censorship. And once I've confirmed that, I will announce what the alternative to Facebook will be. So they're already seeing massive drops. In fact, uh, I've just read uh, you know, an article here that said that uh, Twitter has already seen a 20% drop in engagement because of their uh, election censorship. So people are already leaving it, uh, Twitter in masses for Parler which actually allows you to engage in complete free speech and exchange of ideas. As long as you're not breaking the law, you're allowed to say whatever it is you want to say. Share any idea, whether it's a great idea or the dumbest idea on earth, it doesn't matter. Free speech. So the tech tyrants would be completely destroyed, which I think is why YouTube for the first time is, you know, is coming out and saying, Hey, you know, no, we're not going to censor all these videos coming out about voter fraud and, you know, all of that. Because I think YouTube, unlike Facebook and Twitter actually sees which way the wind is blowing on this. They see all the investigations that are being opened up and called for, you know, how the investigations that have already been opened up have already been expanding, how much, uh, how many witnesses and whistleblowers have already come forward to expose the fraud right, and all of that. And YouTube is taking a look at this and going, you know, this, you know, maybe they're just looking at this like, yeah, this is 50, 50. We're going to walk a very tight line here. Until we know which side is going to come out on top and exactly how much fraud was here, because we need to protect our 230 protection should Donald Trump actually come out on top here. So they've kind of reduced how much censorship that they are engaged in and allowing videos uh, discussing election fraud on their platform. You know, which, you know, Facebook and Twitter should kind of take a look at right now and going, 
yeah, if Google is unsure of the Democrats' ability to pull this off with all of their ability to control content, yeah, we are, maybe we should take a hint from that, but they're not. Facebook and Twitter, they've gone all in on this coup because they believe Joe Biden will put them in charge of all laws regarding tech companies. So they're going all in trying to push for this. And I'm, I'm sure the people over at Google are like, yeah, we don't like the fact that the Democrats are going to lose and get caught in this fraud, but now it's all about saving our own ass. <laughs> so we could take a look at that, but most of the tech tyrants, they're finished. They're gone. They're going to be obliterated in a second tr a term of a Trump presidency. The Democrat Party, they're done too, no matter what. You know, because what would happen with all the election fraud that has already been found in just the swing states? I'm sure there would be an entire investigation in all 50 states of election fraud. How much election fraud are the Democrats engaged in in all 50 states? I mean, could you imagine here? Now, this is just me going off on a pipe dream. But could you imagine if Trump, you know, gets into his second term? and investigates the state of California and finds out that the Democrats' stranglehold on California is only through election fraud and that the people of California are actually conservative Republicans who have voted for Republicans all this time and Republicans were the legitimate winners of the elections and yet the Democrats, through complete and total fraud, uh, that was how they managed to take over California and make it a blue state. I mean, yes, I'm sure that is a pipe dream. I'm sure it is. But just being able to imagine that would just be amazing. And then could you imagine if the same thing happened in New York? That would be just unbelievable. You know, I mean, the how much that would upset politics for future generations. Oh, man. But in all reality, the Democrat Party would be under total and complete investigation for election fraud in all 50 states. And chances are the Democrats are going to have to find a new political party. They're going to have to find a new political party to become their party. The Democrat, uh, as a political party, would be completely decimated, destroyed, and with absolutely zero hopes of a comeback in the 2022 midterms. All right. And then being able to find out how many states they have engaged in fraud. Now, also, could you imagine throughout these, you know, investigations that are going on, as far as House and Senate races where Democrats won, uh, are, you know, successfully, you know, retain their seats in the house. If the, those retentions were fraudulent and that it was actually Republicans, because right now the Democrats control of the house of representatives is razor thin. And as far as the Senate, the control of the Senate is by whatever party gets 51 members or more. And right now the Republican party has 50 members. We only need one more seat for Mitch McConnell to stay in control of the Senate. However, we have to admit that there are also Republicans in the Senate who are huge sellouts. Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, 
all of that. So do we really have a Republican majority? Not really. Not really. So we're going to have to hold those people's feet to the fire and all of that. Uh, But could you imagine, you know, Trump second term, Republicans in control of the House, in control of the Senate, and, you know, investigations into election fraud by the Democrats in all 50 states. That would be awesome to fully and completely uncover the Democrats' crimes and the complete and total prosecution of Democrats as they are finally held accountable because their Trump derangement syndrome had them go over the top and get incredibly sloppy with everything that they have done to try and overthrow this election. I mean, it is just amazing, amazing here. Now, let's say Trump loses, right? Somehow the Democrats get away with stealing the election. Well, we already see Trump preparing for that outcome, right? We, we already know that. We already see all the shakeups and the leadership of all these government agencies, or more importantly, all the relevant government agencies as they are in relation to Spygate, that all the people that were pushing for investigations into Spygate, all the people that were uncovering all the evidence of Spygate and trying to get that out to the public are now being being put in charge at the very, very top of the agencies that control and hold all the information and evidence who have been stalling the release uh, through the bureaucracy and trying to, which I don't get how they can stall the president. The president is the unquestionable leader of the executive branch. When he orders them to do something, as long as it's legal, they, they, they can't refuse. They have to absolutely do it immediately. And president Trump is the sole deciding authority as to what is and what is not classified. And so what is going on here is President Trump is already preparing for the possibility that if he loses, that it is going to be complete and total scorched earth, that it's going to be with him releasing the full declassified, unredacted evidence of everything that the Democrats did in their illegal spying operation. Oh, man, that's going to lead to a lot of headache for the Democrats. There's going to be a lot of people going through calling for every Democrat to step down, resign, and all of that. I mean, there's going to be quite a bit of that. But then there's going to be all the evidence that is going to be released that shows that Joe Biden is in the back pocket of the Chinese Communist Party, that he is a compromised president. And therefore, he is a national security threat, unquestionable. Well, that will just lead to Joe Biden being ousted from office anyways, which leads to a Kamala Harris, which at best could only survive two years, two years at best, Kamala Harris, before she ends up being completely and totally impeached for one the election fraud that we're going to continue investigating no matter what and all the crimes we know she's going to commit in office. All right. So we know all of that. So those are some of the highlights and things that we see. 
you know, uh, both if Trump uh, succeeds in preventing uh, the Democrats from succeeding in this coup and what will happen if the Democrats manage to get away with this. And we know the Democrats are panicking because they already, you know, they're demanding that everybody shut up about it. They're demanding all posts on uh, the Internet are censored, removed, blocked from being viewed. They're demanding that we stop any and all investigations. Why? Why? If you believe your guy was the legitimate winner of the election, then you have nothing to fear from these uh, investigations. You would just be saying, investigate all you want. There's nothing to find. Joe Biden's going to be president. If you actually believed the results were legitimate, that would be your stance. But you notice how deathly afraid they are of these investigations. So much so that Democrats who uh, in attorney general positions, you know, state attorney generals in Democrat states are now coming out threatening everybody. You will be prosecuted if you continue to engage in posting videos about election fraud. If you keep talking about election fraud, we will be prosecuting you and sending you to jail. That doesn't sound like the actions of innocent people, does it? Does it? Not in any way, shape, or form. So they're demanding social media and tech companies block anybody trying to talk about election fraud and the evidence being uncovered. We got Democrats threatening criminal prosecution if people just don't shut up and roll over for this. We got Democrats putting together enemies lists of people they want to target, blacklist, and block from ever being able to engage in business, earn an income, or be part of civil society. There's nothing civil about the Democrats' version of society, though. They're engaging in all of this. Why? Because they're panicking which is why they came up with this office of the president-elect, which doesn't exist. They're panicking. They're trying to create some sort of legitimacy, you know, the view of legitimacy for Joe Biden. They're panicking, and they're threatening everyone to just shut up, don't investigate anything, just take our word at it. They are in complete and total panic mode. All right. Okay, so that's it uh, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, I went through and talked about the election fraud, some of the things that we know, what we don't know, how the Democrats were getting caught, why Republicans and uh, Trump supporters saw it coming, you know, how they tried to target key states. We went through the law. We went through what the process is. We already mentioned that President Trump is winning and you know, it's just so much here. I mean, there's only so much you can get to in any single episode. And there's just so much breaking. And, you know, as much as we talk about election fraud, there are people who are trying to inject some chaos into this, just trying to throw out wild, baseless conspiracy theories or, you know, pretend like they have evidence and, you know, uh, trying to do some misdirection. So there was a post, I forget what site it was on, where someone was, you know, posting anonymously, claiming to be someone from within the Democrat Party, trying to say, hey, we know the election was stolen. It was all Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi who orchestrated this. Um, and, you know, we 
and the Democrat Party know this. We we're actually I know you hate us, but we're good people, you know. But we're just too afraid to come forward. Please help us. And the response from all the Republicans were, "Do you have any proof?" <laughs> I mean, that's how much we know and distrust the left. You know, they come out and say all that, try and tell us exactly what we want to hear. And our first response was, do you have proof? Are you, you know, what, if this is true, why don't you come forward and show your evidence? Right? That's the difference between the left and the right. We are only solely focused on the areas in which we already have verified evidence of fraud and illegal activity. Anybody who is just coming forward and trying to make claims but not willing to identify themselves and not willing to provide any type of evidence, we are ignoring them because we're not the left. We don't engage in baseless conspiracy theories or hysteria. We are focused only on what can be proven. All right. So thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Please leave me a rating and a review. And I will be back again soon, which means I'll either be back again on Monday or if something major breaks today, I will be back again tomorrow. All right. Thank you.